1: All right, welcome back into the Auburn Live Football Show. Appreciate everybody for joining us. Um, we'll get into all of the Auburn, Texas a and talk here in just a second. Quick shout-out to Session Cocktails, our sponsor of the show, Session Cocktails, downtown Auburn, Magnolia Avenue, next to Taco Mama. Go check them out um, if you can. Um, happy hours, 4 to 6, good drinks there. Um, they got uh, genuinely have some specials going on, monthly specials. Um, They just messed with their menu, changed it up a little bit. So got a lot of good stuff there. Great, they make a great old fashioned. My current favorite there at the moment is either a Gold Rush, or they have a drink called a Southern Baptist, which is really good. I can't remember. Don't even ask me what's in them because I can't remember. I don't even want to mess it up. But Gold Rush is good. Southern Baptist is good. Those are kind of my two, probably my two go-to's at the moment. But they do great old fashions and. Um good margaritas and stuff like that if you like that as well. So go check them out, Session Cocktail in downtown Auburn. Um all right. With me as always Cole Pinkston. Cole, what's up, man?
0: Oh, not much. Just, you know, trying to figure out what happened. Uh <laughs> I think Session yeah, might everybody need, else. Session might need to do, uh up their bourbon so up their bourbon uh purchasing right now because <laughs> I think yeah. people are gonna be feeling that way for a while. So um.
1: Yeah. Let's uh. Let's get into it. Auburn loses to Texas A&M, 27 to 10, in College Station. Pretty comprehensive loss. Um, um. Auburn was touchdown favorites. It kind of ballooned up to eight, maybe even nine points there, right before game time. And um, I guess there was a reason for that. Um, because Auburn ends up losing by 17. Probably about what it should have been. Auburn had a defensive touchdown there. It was kind of fluky, but, you know, credit them for making a play and Auburn getting on the board on defense. Um, you know, I was probably I, – I gave – I think I obviously – I obviously gave Auburn too much credit. I thought it was going to be 31-20. I gave probably A&M a little too much credit offensively too. Um, Auburn's defense did a decent job outside of the big plays. But the story is, um, you know, the story is Auburn's offense. The story is Auburn's offense and, and specifically, you know, the quarterbacks, but really the whole thing. Um, I've got plenty of opinions. Um, I'm going to let you go first on, um, I don't know, I mean, you can kind of start wherever you want. I mean, that's 200 <laughs> total yards, three offensive points, a um, mm. bunch of penalties, no turnovers, which is kind of funny. Um, they don't turn the ball over, but everything else is a disaster. What do you make of it? You've had a, you've had a little bit of time to, to think about it. Um, what's kind of your, your reactions now, thinking about what we saw in College Station?
0: Honestly, your, your comment just now about the no turnovers kind of brings a point to my mind with Peyton Thorne. I, you may remember I said that he doesn't. He, to me, he doesn't feel dangerous. I felt that way. Okay. Yeah. I still feel that way. He's not turning the ball over. He's playing everything way too safe, in my opinion. Uh, scared to push it down the field. Scared to throw it to this read. There's no confidence there, and, and it's bad. It's about as bad as I've ever seen. Uh, I don't know why. I don't really know why. I, I think. I tried to explain this on the board the other night. It, it didn't, you know, it's about 50% one way, 50% the other way. That's kind of how it's going right now. Everybody's split on, on what they believe in, what they want to, you know, what side they're on or whatever. Um, but the way I see it is, it, it just seems like he's not gelling with this offensive game plan and the play call. I don't know why it is. Um I, You don't go from throwing 6,000 yards, 6,000. 6,000. I mean, you're telling me that's a guy that, that just can't do it. I don't believe that. Um, if maybe he can't do it at Auburn because of what's going on with, with the play calling. Maybe he never will be able to. Obviously, he hasn't shown it yet. Uh, but you know, I find it hard to believe that he's just so uncomfortable with everything. And I don't know the reason why, but it is that it, it is that's what it is. Uh, it, I've gone through a half of the plays, um, first half, all five offensive drives there. You know, there were some good drives. Ten-play drive, five first downs was drive number three. Uh, Drive after that was like seven or eight plays, three first downs. It's not like the offense wasn't moving the ball. They just got in their own way really, really bad. And and to me, it all started with Thorne and, and, and his uncomfortability with everything. Saw several times where he should have thrown the football. There were other times when he didn't have enough time to do it. So it's the conglomeration of things, but I think it all starts with Thorne.
1: Yeah, I mean I agree. It um, you know, Hugh Freeze said after the game he 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 stopped short of you know, he was asked about the quarterbacks and he said, I, I need to watch the film. I'll I'll have more answers for you on Monday. And that was um that was fair and I'm curious to to, to hear what he says on Monday. He's generally pretty candid. Yep. Um, you know, I, I don't know. When you're watching it, I, look, I, I don't pretend to be – I'm not Hugh Freeze and Phillip Montgomery. Those guys have forgotten more offense than I know. Um, and when you're watching the plays, there's so many things that go into a play working and not working. Um, you know, but when you hear Hugh Freeze say, our our quarterback is not keeping his eyes downfield. um. That that's something that stood out to me. That's a pretty specific criticism. Um, that is not good when you hear about a quarterback. Um, when you hear somebody say the quarterback's not keeping their eyes downfield, that is a scary thing to hear um, because they're either they're either worried about the rush. Most of the time, that's what that means. They're 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 worried about the rush and they're thinking, well, I got about a second and a half, and then I got to start moving and and, and and avoiding pressure and um, so that's generally what that means. Peyton Thorne was certainly under plenty of pressure. He was sacked six times. AM and had 15 tackles for loss in that game, but he was getting pressured plenty, um, but that was a concerning thing, is him not keeping his eyes downfield and delivering football. I didn't see every route. You can't see everything on TV in terms of guys open. There were definitely guys open. There were other times where I thought a and had it covered up pretty good. There's other times where it looked like Peyton Thorne kind of had locked onto either a receiver or a side of the field that was covered up. And if, if, if he could have gotten maybe to a different read, or there was another guy open, but he didn't get there. And so then, by, you know, so he kind of locked in and then there was pressure. And um, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know how he's supposed to be going through those reads and, and things like that. But when Free says he's, his eyes aren't staying downfield that's a problem. I mean, he, you know, he, he was a little bit inaccurate, right? Missed, missed a, what could have been a touchdown early in that game to Jay Fair. I don't know if it would have been. A&M had a couple of guys that could have had an angle, but either way, it was, it was a big play. It maybe could have been a touchdown. I mean, it would have gotten him down there really close if, if Jay Fair wouldn't have scored. That's a big play. Um, And, uh, but yeah, the keeping the eyes downfield is, is, man, that's, a, that's an issue and it's a scary thing. It makes me think back to I don't know when the last time I heard that criticism about a quarterback specifically. I mean, honestly, the past couple of years it hadn't been an eyes down field thing. It's been, you know, under Harson it was I think you had quarterbacks that just didn't fit what you were trying to do, period. Robbie, TJ, those guys didn't even Zach Calzada that now you're seeing some of the success those guys are having elsewhere and you're like, Okay, they weren't good fits for what Brian Harson was trying to do. But man, that, that it makes me think you go all the way I can go all the way back to the Kyle Frazier days and the Clint Mosley days, where that was a problem. When those guys started to not look downfield and they worried about the pressure, it was over. It was done with. The offense was a, is a disaster if your quarterback is, is not keeping his eyes downfield and looking for plays to make. Now, that's a scary thing to hear.
0: Uh, you know, he, he's not a big um, lever of the pocket, he's not, he's not big on that. He likes to sit in there and he likes to throw it and he likes to be comfortable. Um, the difference in Connor Wegman for Texas A&M, uh, I, I don't even talk about Max Johnson here because he didn't really get pressured all that much from what I could tell. Connor sure. Wegman did. Connor Wegman went out of the game because of a shot he took, uh, from Jalen Simpson on a blitz. And he still stood in and threw a completion on that play. Um, Auburn dials it up almost every, every passing situation and, and he didn't have problems. That's the difference. Uh, you can watch Peyton Thorne and watch his eyes and look where he's looking. Probably eighty to eighty-five percent of the time, and, and you know he's looking at. He he understands what he's looking at. He you can see where the read is. You can see that he's about to make a good play, and then he just doesn't. He doesn't make it. He holds it too long, or or he he you know he ducks his head and he he sort of falls into the pocket where where things are closing in. And the hardest thing in the world with these games is to figure out who's to blame. I think that is the hardest thing for the fan to do in this game. Now, there's a lot of blame being thrown around. uh, But we don't always know. and, and, And as much as you can study it, sometimes it's even hard to tell then. So, number one, I'm really glad that Hugh Freeze didn't try to assess things without looking at the film because that's the most important thing, and I'm really, really interested to see what he says on Monday in that regard. And number two, you know, I've talked a hundred times about what Peyton Thorne brought to Auburn from Michigan State, and it was being in control of the offense was my number one thing. Right now he's not, and it's because he's not trusting what he's seeing, and, and it's you know, that's not good. I called him not dangerous, well, playing it safe is dangerous right now you you got to take some risks he's he's worried about turning the ball over. he's very worried about that. you can tell, which is weird because you know one
1: week ago he was careless, you know against Stanford, he was careless in those two picks he was too aggressive he was he was too um you know gung ho about trying to trying to make a play, yeah, and you know we kind of talked about that like what went into that, and I even said. I even tried to find a silver lining in it, like, well, you know, at least he feels like he can take a chance, right? Like, that's good. I don't know if he did that because it was at home. I don't know if he did that because it was Sanford, and he felt like they can overcome it. Um, but yeah, it was different. It was different on Saturday against A&M. He was not the the confident type of gunslinger that you sort of want and need him to be. It was the criticism going into Sanford. It was what, when I talked to people about him, it was, inside the program, it was like, we need him to to, to relax and play. Um, and uh, that's not what happened on Saturday. And look, you know, he's mobile. He had a good game running against Sanford. I don't know if the A&M game, I, I don't know if he was thinking um, about using his legs more than he should have been. I don't know if he was thinking, Hey, I'm going to do a couple of reads. And then if it's not there, I'm going to look to run. And, 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 and maybe he needs to, to, trust the, the routes and trust the scheme a little bit more and not and I don't know and, and then and then SEC is different, right? Samford, you could look take off or things like that. A and M, that that front, lanes are not going to be there in the same way. And um credit A and M. I thought they had a pretty good defensive game plan for the RPO stuff. I mean, they were attacking the RPO stuff. They were like, we're not gonna let you make the decision. We're gonna make it for you. To me, it looked like their defensive line was coming, and then they'd bring somebody off the edge. If and like, well, you're if you pull it, that's fine. We're gonna have two people come. Like you're not, you're not gonna make the right decision because we're gonna cover you both up. Auburn started to go a lot more motion, and and where they would motion guys into the formation that they want to run anyway, but they would do it from a different set so that you, A&M couldn't completely be prepared right off the bat. Um, so I thought Auburn tried to. To do some, do some things there. I mean, when you have a failure as bad as what that loss was, it's everybody's fault. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, you look at six sacks and 15 tackles for loss, it's offensive line. When you look at six for 12 passing for Peyton Thorne, that's, that's a quarterback issue. That's, there's a, there's, there's certainly a play calling and scheme issue when you have, when you can't put things together. I mean, the drives are incredible, man. They had a, they had a 32 play yard drive, 32, 32 yard drive. The second drive of the game, seven plays, 32 yards. They didn't top, they didn't have another 20 plus yard drive until Robbie Ashford's drive in the fourth quarter. They went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven drives where they didn't go beyond 19 yards in the middle of that game. At one point, they had a stretch where they had about 32 plays and 33 yards in the, in the, in that stretch. They had like a stretch where they were basically averaging a yard of play for about 33 plays. That's You can talk about talent all you want. That's not talent. That's not talent. I, mean, I think that's the biggest thing. That's sort of the biggest talking point. And, look, Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze introduced this. Hugh Freeze went out there and said let, he made it a point to tell everybody last week that Auburn doesn't have the talent that Texas A&M does that they don't have the talent some of these other teams do. Nobody asked him about talent last week. He made it a point to go there. He wanted to make sure that the fans knew, hey, guys, we're not there yet. He was trying to lower expectations. Now, you can like that approach or not like that approach. Um, you can say it's making excuses or whatever. There is truth. Obviously, Auburn's talent isn't where a and is on paper. It's not. But, but, but Hugh Freeze introduced this by saying that there's a talent issue, kind of creating an excuse beforehand. What we saw Saturday, and I absolutely stand behind what I said on Twitter that blew up in the middle of that game, That is what I saw was way beyond talent. Talent, yes. But, but what happened Saturday was if, if that's the talent gap, it is way, way bigger than anybody thought, but I don't think it is. I don't think it is. You're not going to tell me that Rivaldo Fairweather is not capable, Jay Fair Fair is not capable, Shane Hooks isn't capable, Gunner Britton, Dylan Wade, Cam You're not going to tell me that you don't have capable players. I mean, you're just not going to convince me that. I mean, I mentioned in something I wrote, Auburn with with Will Friend and Carnell Williams and Ike Hilliard cobbling together an offense with, with a running quarterback and a playbook that, that they didn't even understand, like terminology they didn't even completely get last year. They'd go on the road and put 33 on the board in ball. They scored 13 offensive points against that same A&M team with a running offense. They somehow manufactured 27 points last year against Alabama. Like a lot of the same guys, actually better talent, more weapons at wide receiver, a more capable quarterback that can do a little bit more. And you would think better play callers in, in Freeze and Montgomery. So you're just not going to convince me that talent is what happened on Saturday. I don't know where, it, where, what percentage the, 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 the blame lies. Is it more on the quarterback? Is it more on the play calling? Is it execution? Is it the penalties, the holding, the false starts that killed some drives? I think it's everything, but it's dang sure a lot more than talent, what we saw. And, and my biggest concern is you're third away. The, the season is a third of the way finished. You realize that? A third of the season's done. And Hugh Freeze is up there saying, I have no idea what our identity is, and I have no idea what the answers are. That's not talent. Again, that is not talent. You had summer, you had spring camp, you bring some guys in summer, you had fall camp, you've had four weeks. And you're going, I don't know where I If you don't know your identity, that's literally the foundation. It doesn't get any worse as an offense than saying, I don't know what our identity is. That's the number one thing you better know. And to me, that's coaching. That's understanding, all right, at the bare minimum, who are, who are our players? What are they good at? What are they not good at? Now I then can go call plays and run an offense around that. If you don't know that, that you don't get to come out and go, well, guys, we don't have a lot of talent. We don't have a lot of talent, you know. But you don't even know what your identity is. And that's, to me, that's, that's coaching. And that's my biggest concern is four weeks in, not even knowing what that should be.
0: Yeah, I I come away uh, from the whole talent discussion going, you know, yeah, they got you on a few guys. but, But really and truly the glaring position is quarterback. And it really doesn't go too much further than that, I don't think. Because Auburn's offensive line has success in the run game. The second drive that you pointed out that was one of Auburn's best drives of the day, six runs in a row. One pass play in that drive. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't think the offensive line is is all that much worse than their defensive front was, at least on Saturday. Uh, in, in until you get to the pass rush, that's when things got kind of ugly. But A and M was sending the house, and why shouldn't they? Absolutely should. Why not? <laughs> you can play man coverage. You can play zero coverage without a safety. The, there was no threat that Auburn was going to be able to throw it downfield. That's how you get, that's how you call plays against an offense like that that's struggling. And that's, you know, good on Texas A&M's part for that. Um, I go back to the game plan against California that I didn't like. And I was somewhat critical of because I felt like they were playing it safe against Cal. It's almost as if they, they went into the game thinking we are the more talented team. We can dial things back and try to be kind of safe and keep it on the ground and run the clock and get out of here. And that didn't happen. Because of mistakes and turnovers. That's, you know, that's the kind of stuff you don't account for. Uh, the turnovers anyway. You come into A&M, I feel like the game plan was more attacking. I feel like the game plan was pretty good. I like to play calling. Um, you know, some interesting route concepts, more trips, more open it up, more space. They, I, I think, um, I, I gotta, you know, I, I said that, I felt like things were a little too condensed at times in the run game and what they do. They have it all spread out, and then to run the ball, they bring them in with motion or shifts. So they fixed that. Um, and the run game was not bad for that reason. Of course, they got the a situation where they couldn't do that anymore. And then when you put Robbie Ashford in, I feel bad for the guy because they're going to sell out on the run. That's, that's what you do when you see number nine comes in the game. They practice it all week. Hey, number nine's in the game. Let's get 10 in the box. <laughs> Let's see if they can stop this. Okay, then they sell out when he comes in. and You can't get a good read on what Robbie Ashford can really do with this offense because of that. So, uh, again, thought the game plan was good this week. It was some of the worst execution I've seen, and, and I'm still trying to completely wrap my head around why that is. Uh, but I, I'm with you that I don't think it is a, it's just because of this huge talent gap. I thought that Auburn hung in there with them pretty well in a lot of different areas um and handled the defensive front in the run game more than I way more than I expected them to. Again, the glaring issue comes at quarterback. They had a guy that was confident, Auburn did not, and that made all the difference. I don't care, you know, how accurate he may be, how good he may be, um, whatever the case, if you're not confident then then the game is gonna look like that. And
1: I, I mean, what's fun, what's wild is, if there's people out there that think um, that this is an overreaction after one game, I actually don't think so. I think that I I think that the offense and what we saw in A and M, I don't think people. I mean, like, go back and look. It was it was maybe worse than you think it was. People are looking at the score, and they're thinking in their head, 27-10 offense wasn't great. No, 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 no. That offense scored three points, and the only reason they scored three points is because they started a drive at the Texas A&M 44-yard line, and they went eight yards. Now, they had a sack right there that, that pushed them back, so they, they were they were a little bit closer. I think they might, that might have been the drive that they got to the A&M 31. That's the, the closest they got, the A&M 31 the closest they got to the end zone and in that drive they took a sack Alex McPherson bails them out hits a 53 yarder that's their that's their only points an eight-yard drive that started in A&M territory and they got a field goal that's it if not for that great field position that might have been a game where Auburn's drive chart would have been 10 punts and then downs at the end of the game that's it that's their drive Field is the only thing that breaks up ten consecutive punts from start to finish—and then and then turning it over on downs at the end because you're down and, and you got to go for it. I, I, I don't—we might be underselling how bad that performance was. They had 200 yards of offense; 90 of them came in the last two drives. When Robbie Ashford's playing pickup ball against a, and at that point, AM's defense is is playing differently. At that point, they're going. We're gonna let's just end the game. Let's get out of here. We're not gonna be super aggressive. Let's make sure we don't give up any big plays. And Ashford and that offense played a little pickup ball, made some plays, and then by the last drive it didn't matter. It was 27-10. Holden Gerner comes in, and they drive 44 yards or so. And at that point, that's for sure, a, kind of a prevent defense. But half the yardage came in the last two drives of the game. Three yards a play, I think, is what Auburn averaged in that game. Like so, if you think it's an overreaction, I, I, I don't. I I think we could be underselling how pitiful that that performance is. And the question I have for you, Cole, and you're going back and watching it, and I and I think this is one where I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, toss the question out because I don't know the answer, but I but I'm hearing what Hugh Freeze has said recently, which is we need to get Jeremiah Cobb more touches. Now I'm curious. Nobody – I'm curious if we can ask Jeremiah Cobb on my well, – I don't know what with the deal with Jeremiah Cobb touched the ball one time. I don't know if he was hurt. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know if they thought on the road, SEC, maybe there's some things he doesn't quite know yet, and so we're a little uncomfortable. That was surprised. One touch. Something's up with that. You, you can't one week ago say Jeremiah Cobb needs to get more touches and then go on the road and he gets one. So I don't know what happened there. Um, but – a week or two ago, you hear him talk about Jay, Jay Fair and Javaris Johnson. Best two receivers. Great, great route runners. Got to get them the ball. Jay Fair's first touch was in the fourth quarter. Your best receiver touched the ball for the first time in the fourth quarter. Now, the wheel route was supposed to go to him. That, that should have been hit. But other than that, he—he, he, I don't even know if he got a target before that. I mean, now you, if you're Freeze, you're saying, hey, we dialed some stuff up, and 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 it was open, and our quarterbacks didn't throw. And that's where I'm kind of saying that could very well be true. There could have been other chances in the middle of that game where they thought Fair was open or somebody else, whatever. But Revolta Fairweather, I mean, what did he finish? Fairweather, three catches, five yards. Three catches, five yards for Revolta Fairweather. Um. Shane Hooks three for for eighteen, and then Fair had the had finally had a ten yard grab in the fourth quarter. So my question is, when when you're when you're going into that game and first when you're when you're struggling, can you not dial up some stuff specifically for these guys? Can you not simplify something and go, okay, I need to I need to isolate Jay Fair, I need to isolate Rivaldo Fairweather, I need to isolate Shane Hooks, get them on the side by themselves, run a dig route, run a stop route, run, something. I need to isolate them and get them the football. And there's none of that either. We, we hear Freeze talk about targeting these players, and then nobody gets, the, nobody gets any passes. And, again, you go back to six sacks. You go back to tackles for loss and, and stuff that could have affected that. Hugh Freeze could be sitting there going, I was. I dialed up a play that Fidget Fair was open, but we got sacked. Or Peyton Thorne didn't keep his eyes downfield. And so that very well could be happening. Um, so it's kind of a caveat, but, you know, targeting guys specifically, how, how do you make that happen if everything else is collapsing around you?
0: Well, it makes me wonder now, you know, it. I don't know what the intent of the game plan is. I'm just speculating when I say that. When yeah. I said that the game plan was safe against Cal, I'm speculating. I don't know. I'm not in the huddle. I'm not at practice. I don't know. I can only speculate, but – It makes me wonder, is it a thing of, you know, the game plan was a little bit more uh, diverse this week against A&M. There was obviously some things that I have not seen on film. I thought there was, you know, they introduced the split zone run play, which is a totally new scheme, especially with a guy like Brandon Frazier who was in there a lot running that position, the key block on that play. Um. I'm just giving an example, but things like that—is it possible that they they go, you know, some some guys don't understand what they're trying to do? I mean, is that is that a possibility? And I'm just asking—I don't know because cause again, totally confused here about what's going on. Um, uh, I don't know—is is that is that the case? If that's the case, then um, people who know what to do are, are the people who play. Always that that will always be true in college football, in football, you can go to high school football. If you got a guy that doesn't understand everything that you want to try to call because you think you can get the defense on a certain scheme, they're not playing. you got to know what you're doing. And I don't know. I'm just, again, speculating. Is it possible that, that the game plan was m- too much based on what they've done at practice? Did they try to put in too much? Um, you know, was it too much for Peyton Thorne? Was it too much for a freshman like Jeremiah Cobb? So I'm sort of answering your question with a question, but that's kind of, you know, where we're at right now. I <laughs> Yeah. This, this is a show of speculation today. I want to make that very clear because we can only tell you what we see on TV like you're watching it, especially in an away game. Um, Even when we're in the box, we can only tell you what we saw on the field and not what was said in the huddle, not what has been going on at practice all week. You know, that that's that's a really important piece of everything to me uh, because you don't know what goes on. You don't know how a guy, um, you know, hears a play and then executes it at practice. He may not be able to. And then you're in a conflict in the game as a coach. Do you go, oh, well, he couldn't get it right all week. Do I try him here? I mean, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of conflict like that going on. That's my speculation. I don't know for sure. Um But I, I want to believe that – let me – can I just point out one positive thing real quick?
1: No, no Only negative <laughs> today. <laughs>
0: I do think Auburn's got a good defense. I do believe that. I think they're about as yeah. good as they can be for what the talent level is. Yeah. I think Ron Roberts has gotten the most out of them. I still believe that after this game. Uh, obviously, they can't hold on the whole game, so they give up some big plays there at the end. But, man, they played is, is about as well as you can ask. They really did. Um so that's good. And and honestly, think about this. If if Auburn hits that, that wheel route out and up or whatever it was to Jay Fair there that Peyton Thorne airmailed, is the game different? I mean, it could be. You know? You're talking about one play that could have made at least somewhat of a difference in, in, in the in the first half. So, you know, if if you're just missing on some big things like that and it was schemed open, that gives you a little bit of hope or a glimmer of hope that it can be done again and that, you know, they could pull it together. I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, at least there's a glimmer there, I think.
1: Yeah, I was looking. It looks like that was uh, very, very beginning of the second quarter. It looks like a second-and-15 play from the A&M yeah. 41, incomplete to Jay Fair. Um, so your second-and-15 Obviously, second
0: and fifteen. So there must have been a false start or something right before that. Um, some no, kind of it was a uh, it was a play action. I got it scripted right here. Play action pass to Rivaldo Fairweather. and went for three yards. Right. Um, first. Oh, they were first and eighteen. So
1: they're first and ten, and they, a got, holding, they got. Oh, yeah.
0: Holding on. Um, it was holding on Gunner Britton, which I. It's kind of my policy not to talk about calls after a game because it is what it is. When they call it, it's over. But. Terrible call on that one. Shouldn't have been called holding. And RG3 agreed with me on the broadcast. Yeah, there were a
1: couple. The the other really, really bad one was the one called on Jarquez after a a Peyton Thorne run right there in the middle of the field. Um, It was, uh, let's see, he was like a six-yard rush. Let's see. Yeah, second and ten at midfield with 9.28 in the second quarter. That was another one. Auburn, Peyton Thorne ran for six yards. It would have been third and four. And they call a holding on Jarquez that was garbage.
0: It was and, bad uh, too. Awesome. And it
1: killed the drive. It went from it went from third and four to to whatever the next one was going to be. It pushed them back. They end up having to punt. But there's another chance where they're they're trying to drive and it got um, it got it got taken away. So you're right about the defense. And and you know I wrote about that in the three two one. Like hey, let's start with a positive. And that is I think most people would consider. I think most people would look at Ron Roberts now and say, okay, so far, better hire than I thought. And I'm not, you know, if you thought he was a great hire, that's that's awesome. I'm not saying, but I think a lot of people were like, who? The guy that got, that just got let go at Baylor, like yeah, of all the defensive coordinators, like, you know, a guy, a journeyman. Um, I think people were just kind of like confused. Like, is this the guy? This is the best guy. This is the guy. Um, but so far, I think he's doing his job and you're right. I mean, um, given the circumstances, the defense played fairly well. The big plays are concerned. I mean, you gave up a 79-yard run. That was a brutal one, um, back-breaking type run. You gave up a, some big plays. I mean, half their rushing yards, by the way, were two runs. Then a 79-yarder and a 36-yarder. Half, over over half their rushing yards were two runs out of 33. <laughs> That's pretty wild. Yeah. I and mean, you have big plays account for chunks, but for two of the 33 rushes to account for half is um, is wild. I thought other than that, I thought Auburn did a very good job. It's probably not just the defense, but the way the, the rush defense has been, even against Cal, even against a probably the biggest surprise in a positive way. I think that was my biggest concern was not just the defense, but the rush defense in the front. I was like, boy, I don't know if they're going to hold up. I thought they, they, I thought they held up against AM and and stopped a lot of runs with sure. for three yards or less. I thought they did their job. It just – what killed them right there was that third quarter. Max Johnson coming in, mm. going – back Now, Max Johnson's a good player, by the way. Like, it's not – you know, it's not like you bring in a backup that's a, that's a slouch. Max Johnson's a talented kid. Um, he goes seven for 11, 123, and two touchdowns, and just and just shredded um, Auburn's secondary in those couple of drives. Too many guys were running open. That was probably the only part of the game, and it – it's what caused the separation of the game, but those couple of drives where all of a sudden, all of a sudden, guys were just open in the secondary, wide yeah. open. That was—I don't know what was going on in those couple of drives there.
0: Well, it goes to show you how important the quarterback position is, and, and how much it means to the outcome of a game, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about talent, you could you could match up at every single position, but if you don't match up at quarterback, you're probably going to lose. I mean, nine times out of ten, unless you get lucky and get like ten turnovers on defense, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just impossible to win these games without a quarterback, especially with, you know, a I, I give their defense credit again. They took away the RPO. They played close to the line of scrimmage. They took away this kind of stuff. And in some ways, that's why Auburn had some success in the run game because they sold out a little bit to, to the screens and the – you know, and the quick throws that they were doing against UMass a week ago that Peyton Thorne looked so good on and comfortable. They took him out of his comfort zone. And that was a recipe for disaster for Auburn's offense. So credit. I do credit Texas A&M's defense. Uh, I I think they deserve some credit. They're probably – Texas A&M's probably looking at Auburn fans right now and going, hey, I mean, do we not get any credit for for stopping you guys or is it just y'all's offense is terrible? at Auburn. Is that all it is? I, I think I give them some credit, and I give a lot of, uh, you know, discredit to Auburn's offense, too. So, it's it's both. I think both are true. Um, but there there's just the glaring, I mean, again, the glimmer is that you see some plays were schemed open for touchdowns. At least two that I saw in the first half already. Could have been six points. And the bad thing is that how are they going to get that right? How are they going to get somebody in at quarterback? If it's not Peyton Thorne, who is it? Because you don't feel great about Robbie Ashford being able to make some of those plays, and we don't really know what to expect from Holden Garner. I surely don't. They, I, I thought it was interesting that they did give him a try, though. They gave him a try. He definitely has the best body language of the three. I will say that much. Yeah, I mean –
1: that, that and I do want to talk about that. I was I was quickly looking back at at this this whole talent question because I just think I just think it's so uh, you know out of out of context. I think yes, Auburn's at a talent deficiency, but they're just not at the type of talent deficiency that results in um, what you saw. I mean, UAB UAB I watched a little bit of that game. UAB had 21 points and I think they had 300 plus yards on Georgia.
0: Um, I, I would be,
1: that. I'd be pleasant. I would be, and I wouldn't say shocked if Auburn gets 21 on Georgia based on what we just saw, I'd, I'd be, I'd be really damn surprised. Like you start, so you talk about talent issues and it's just like, really? So you, you're going to tell me you think UAB has better talent than Auburn? Absolutely not. And you know, that's not the case. Right. So there's just, I mean, I get it. Auburn's lacking some talent at some positions, but there's some, there's some good players out there that just, um. That you got to take advantage of. All right, the quarterbacks you brought that up. That's something else. I mentioned on the corner, and I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think I probably am in the minority on this based on what you know some other people's opinions. And, and I tossed out there, what would you have done? It's twenty to three. Would you have pulled Peyton Thorne and gone to Robbie Ashford, or would you have kept Peyton Thorn in? I I I am on the boat of. Um, Peyton Thorne should have stayed in the game uh, I I know it was ugly And he was struggling But you've got a guy that, that did not run this offense At Michigan State This is a new offense He For years at Michigan State he didn't run this He hasn't run a semblance of this since high school He arrived in the summer He didn't go through spring ball He arrived in the summer You've got summer workouts You've got fall camp Okay. Then he plays against UMass. Doesn't even play all game because you blow UMass out. Robbie had a bunch of snaps in that game. Then you play Cal. There's there's fifty five total snaps in the Cal game, and Robbie played probably you know, fifteen to twenty of those. So now you're talking about your first power five game in this offense, Peyton Thorne played maybe forty snaps, maybe. Then you play Sanford. That, that I mean with all due respect. We 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 talked about that. It's Sanford. It's not it's not a good barometer. And then so then you play your second Power Five game, and early in the third quarter you pull him again. I I just I, I get I understand. Hey, I'm trying to win. I need a spark. I need to create a spark. Robbie deserves a chance. I get it. I do. If Robbie's doing what he's supposed to do, and you're going, gosh. Robbie's sitting there, and he doesn't, he doesn't Robbie deserve a chance to, to give this offense a spark? I get that. I get that thought process, and I, and I don't have a problem if you say yes. Um, but, but, if, but if last week you're standing up there in front of the media, which Hugh Freeze did, and you're saying, Peyton Thorne gives us the best chance to win. Peyton Thorne understands the offense the best. He understands where route receivers are supposed to be. He knows if they don't run the, the right depth. He gets what we're trying to do. That, those are all Hugh Freeze's comments. Clearly saying he has a the more thorough understanding of what we're trying to do than anybody else. And then you go out there, and with very limited practice, just fall camp, and limited game time, because you, 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 he hasn't even played a full game, and the other, you know, you keep pulling him. How is he going to get better? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No,
1: Lucky Land Casino,
0: with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No
1: purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How in the world are you going to fix decision making or work on trying to figure out your identity if every time now in the, the only two power five games, the both times it's, it's been a struggle, you yank him. I, I just, to me, it's 20 to three. It's 20 to three at that point. Just fight through it. Say, Peyton, you're the guy. Get your shit together. We're going to get our shit together. We're going to figure something out in this game. We're not going to let this game be a waste. Don't you walk out of this game with A&M going, what a complete waste. You, did, you, you pulled Peyton Thorne, so you didn't figure anything out with him. You put Robbie in; he went what one for? What did he throw? He completed one ball, overthrow a few. Robbie went one for four, for four yards. So what did you figure out with Robbie? You put Robbie in and did what? You played backyard football for a drive. It's not like you were like, oh, when Robbie was in there, things really clicked. No, he had he had a good drive, but it was kind of it was a mixed mash of stuff. It wasn't really anything that you're like, whoa, Robbie looks good. They just made a few plays against the defense that at that point was probably playing conservative. I just feel like you come out of that game going, well, we rotated three quarterbacks and learned nothing. I don't know anything. At worst, leave Peyton in there, fight through it. Maybe you get beat 30 to three, but maybe you let you wasted most of a third quarter in the entire fourth quarter where you could have had Peyton Thorne in the game going, we're going to figure something out a play, a formation, a rhythm, a scheme, something. We're going to roll you out next time. We're going to roll you out and see how that works. We're going to we're going to just we're going to just let you target one guy and if it's not there, check it down. Something, work through everything. And I just feel like you wasted a quarter a quarter and a half against a good team, a good power five team that you could have worked on stuff with Peyton Thorn cuz you pulled him out again. That's just kind of how I look at it. And and maybe that means I'm giving up on the game. If you're like if you leave him in, maybe that looks like you're just not even trying to win. Maybe, I mean, I don't think that's the case. I think you're thinking, if Peyton Thorne is my guy and I want to have a chance to beat Ole Miss or LSU or Mississippi State or Vanderbilt or Alabama at the end of the year, this guy's got to improve. And I gotta figure out if he's gonna improve or not. So I just I don't like pulling him and Cal and I don't like pulling him in this game. Like, stick with him. And get reps and experience and run some stuff and and get a more thorough understanding instead of yanking him uh, every you know after two quarters. That's just kind of where I'm at with that.
0: No, I think you made some good points, um, but I'm also going to go the other way on a couple things. I, I think I think that Peyton Thorn. Now I'm I'm with you. I, I don't like the yanking him and all that, and, and the way that they did it in the cow game was wrong, in my opinion. I felt like he got a much better chance at success in this game, number one. Uh, and much longer, too, th- than he did with Cal. I-, I don't think the the way that they substituted Robbie Ashford in with him in the Cal game was just not going to help Peyton Thorne in any way, if he's your guy. If he's your guy.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay? Not helping him. Especially with his confidence issues. That's That's really going to hurt it. Okay? So... Evidently, they picked up on the confidence issues and said, okay, we're not going to give the threat that Robbie Ashford could come in at any time. And he didn't. He got all these drives. It was all him. You know, I don't think there was a threat. We weren't in the box. And I don't know if Robbie was wearing his helmet or whatever the case on the sideline, but, you know, it it, it was his show, I thought. So I, I actually, at the time, felt like When they substituted Robbie Ashford in, I I thought it was okay. I felt okay with it. I really, you know, at that point, it's desperation. You're just trying to figure anything out, and that's what they're doing. And I do think there is a principle. I think there's a principle here, too, with Peyton Thorne. Hey, it was your show today. You didn't get it done. Things are starting to get out of hand, and we gave you an adequate amount of time. It's time to make a change. I think there's a principle there as far as a coaching, you know, a stance as a coach goes with your quarterbacks and, and and understood you're gonna you're gonna have to perform. I don't care if it was your fault or not. There's a principle here. And I'm gonna make a change when I feel necessary. So I agree with that part. The other thing is I don't think Robbie Ashford got a fair shake in that game because they're already selling out to the run. They've practiced all week. Hey, if number nine comes in, you know what to expect. Well, now he's in to get a full drive. Well, I mean, we'll see if he can. We'll see if he can stop this blitz first before we try anything else. And you're not going to get a good look at what Robbie can do that way in that situation. I'll give Robbie this. At least he threw the ball. He took a couple shots. You know. He didn't sit there and look at it too long. He, he, he targeted and then he threw. And I was okay with that. Uh, I thought Holden Gerner did the same thing because one of the reasons, because neither one of them had anything to lose, in my opinion, at that point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, get
1: put in at that point and then your conservative coaches are going to be like, let's put you in because we're, we're desperate. I don't need you to go in there and be conservative too.
0: And I'll say this about Robbie Ashford right now. He plays like he's got nothing to lose. I can appreciate that right now. I absolutely can appreciate that right now. He's the more dangerous option. But if 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 your quarterback, if Peyton Thorne's going to play like that and he's going to be safe and he's going to make all these decisions and hold on the ball and, and I'm not going to force it in anywhere because I'm too worried about it, put Robbie in. If that's the case, because Peyton Thorne ain't helping you. He's not. I'd rather go with the, the guy that'll try something. You know what I mean? The guy yeah. that will at least be a little bit dangerous. I can't take the safe play. I mean, you you gotta you gotta take some risk in this game, man. And and he just wasn't doing it. I don't know, maybe they're coaching him to do that. Maybe they're saying, look, you know, we gotta live and play another day. You gotta be as safe as possible. Again, this is all speculation. But uh at this point, if it's going to be that bad, you you might as well put Robbie Ashford in there and say, "Well, all right, well, you're kind of the guy that seems act like there's nothing to lose. Go get him. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I again don't know what the right answer is, but that's that's sort of my take on on those points. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um I just wanted to
1: make up their damn mind. I mean, I think when you bring Robbie in. I was trying to look at the drive chart to see when Robbie in. It looks like he came in second drive, third quarter, because he threw a pass to Jair Shorter that was a, a bad pass. It wasn't it, he he led him too far. I think I think that pass, I think he was in there at that point. Like I think the, he had been inserted in. And so I think and then Auburn went on a stretch of <laughs> Auburn went on a stretch. I think of that drive, Robbie's first three drives, I think, were nine plays for negative sixteen yards. Um and then that, <clears throat> that was coming off a Texas a and touchdown. Um, but, I mean, I just, if you leave Peyton in, it doesn't get any worse. I mean, they had, they had to start the second half. Auburn went three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Okay, so, and a couple of those were Robbie's drives. So, you leave Peyton in because guess what? Then the, then the defense came up with that touchdown out of nowhere, and all of a sudden you're going, okay, well, okay, it's 20 to 10. Are we back in this thing? Well, guess what? When that happened, you had already pulled Peyton Thorne like two drives ago. Yeah. So, so then you toss Robbie out there, and they went forty-five yards, and they ended up having to punt. You just never know. It's just like you work through some of that stuff, and then maybe it's twenty ten, and maybe you've maybe the drive or two before you started to find something with Peyton, maybe so whatever it is. And then when that opportunity comes, you have an oppor- you have a chance to take advantage. I do agree when you put Robbie in. I mean. I could be wrong, but I don't see Robbie running the if this if the offense you want to run is what we've seen, that's Robbie's not better than Peyton. Fries has said that, I see the same thing, obviously. So if you're gonna bring Robbie in, do do something different. I'm not saying you gotta run what you did with Will Friend, where it's just toss sweeps and you're running the ball seventy five percent. Something's gotta be different. So bring Robbie in to run the same offense when you when you know he's not as good a passer, he's not as accurate. He he's, he doesn't see the field. He doesn't make quite the same decisions that that Peyton Thorne would in terms of accuracy and, and where the ball should go. I, from what I've seen of Robbie, he doesn't. He's a good athlete that can that's got a strong arm, but you don't really know where the ball is going half the time. And so I agree, bringing him in and then trying to run the same stuff, it just it just felt like a waste. Um, and here's what was also weird. So you pull Peyton Thorn in that game and you put Robbie in. And then what do you do in the fourth quarter?
0: Five fifty-five
1: reading. in the fourth quarter, it's third and twenty-five. Here comes Peyton Thorn back in the game
0: on a third and yeah,
1: <laughs> third and twenty-five to throw a screen pass to Rivaldo Fairweather. What the hell? I mean, if you're gonna pull him, you're gonna pull him. And then, and then and then the fourth quarter, you're like third and twenty-five. Let's put let's put Peyton back in to throw a screen. What? Why? What? I mean, I guess they're thinking, put Peyton – third and 25, if we put Peyton in, they're going to think we're going to take a shot, they're going to back up, but really all we're going to do is dump it down, and you're overthinking it. But it's like, if I'm Peyton, I'm going, guys, you pulled me, and then you put me back in with six minutes to go in the game to throw a screen to the tight end on third and 25? What are we doing? I mean, like, it's just – Weird stuff. The play to Damari Austin, the one he got hurt on, thought the play call was terrible. Yeah. The way the, the way the defense is set up, you toss it out there, you set him up for failure.
0: The, um, the reason I didn't like that play is because they were having so much success running the ball on that drive. Yeah. Inside the tackles, and, and I get it. I, I get why he did it. He's you know trying to loosen up the box a little bit now that they've hit him on a few run plays. But you know it. it that's another one of those where Brandon Frazier's sorta of new to this and i we've never seen him do it and, and it's like he's gotta deal with a blitzing corner who's a lot quicker than him and, and you get in that bind right there and it's like ugh, maybe just that's <laughs> it's almost like that was a little bit of a risk and you're like, Can you just be safe right there? I mean it was working what we had going on. It's it's so hard to criticize a game like this. It really is, in my opinion. I just I struggle with it because there's so many things that I would have done differently. I I feel like, but who knows because I'll never be in that situation. So I, I struggle with it. even after watching the, the the plays and going back through and scripting each play. I mean, I can find bright spots. I can find really bad stuff, and it's like if you could just do this, you know. So it's it's difficult for me. It really is.
1: Yeah. I try to stay away from play-calling criticisms because I don't always know. My my two biggest criticisms are um, not knowing your identity and and and, and pulling Peyton Thorn. I just yeah. I think um, I just think we're still going. Where is Peyton Thorne on his journey of development? I mean, yeah. If you were to take, if I were to go take his total snaps in four games. And really forget UMass and Stanford. Like, those count, but those are – that, that's, that's a game situation. It, it, those, those might be easier than playing your own practice, you know, your own team defense, like playing UMass and Stanford. You played two – Peyton Thorne's played two Power 5 opponents while at Auburn, and he hasn't finished a game in either. Um, he did not even come close. And um, I just uh, – it's hard for me to listen to criticism about we don't know our identity when you as the coaches are rotating quarterbacks and you're affecting to me, the ability to find your identity. Like you're like, well, we don't know our identity. Well, you're, you're, you're playing two quarterbacks that are very different. And I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah, I would, I would assume you're probably struggling with your identity. Pick one, pick an identity that that's where you start, right? Like, we don't – I don't understand. Do you think you're going to go out and just call plays and, and like, an identity is just going to magically rain down from the heavens? Like, oh, there's our identity. I mean, figure out what it is, right? Like, here's who we are. We're this quarterback. We're Peyton Thorne, and then we're going to build around his strengths, and then we're going to build around the offensive line strengths or Jarquist Hunter and and whatever that is. That give, give Will Friend and those guys credit. That's what they did at the end of last year. They said, all right, well, here's pretty much what we can do. So this is what we're going to do, good or bad. And they got the most out of whatever that was at the end of the year. And you almost beat Mississippi State. You beat Texas A&M. I mean, they could have been three and one during that stretch. And you even manufactured points on Alabama that I didn't think they could do um, because they just said, here's who we are. We're going we're gonna to pick an identity. So I just don't. I don't get the thing. I just don't get the. We're trying to figure out our identity, and then you're rotating quarterbacks. It's like, well, you know, I probably I probably pick something, probably figure it out, and then try to get good at it. And it's not going to happen by by pulling guys. And so, look, now you got Georgia. You're not going to start with. I mean, I, good and What are you going to do? You, you got no. You, you've now pulled Peyton Thorn twice. So if confidence is an issue with him, we, guess what? If confidence is an issue with him. You did nothing but hurt that when you yanked him in the third quarter, and then you put Robbie in, and he had really no success either. So now you're going to Georgia with two quarterbacks that neither of them have any success. Um, neither of them have any confidence. I mean, what in the world's your game plan now? You're going to go find your identity against Georgia.
0: Which, you know, I, I I would label myself as not much of an overreactor. I I think I would. I think I don't overreact, you know, when it comes to these kind of games. But I do understand the fans' frustration right now, and there's a lot of it. Uh, I think it's somewhat warranted because of how ugly that game was, number one, because there were opportunities to make touchdowns and and get points on the board. I mean, even taking a sack when you're in field goal range, stuff like that, That, that's – you know, it's almost inexcusable, but now, and then you turn around, you look at the schedule and who you got next and the next week. And you're like, my gosh, we are in a trap right now. Like this is a trap. <laughs> and and there's no real, there's really not like a light at the end of the tunnel at the moment. You get into a better uh stretch of the schedule after those three, after, you know, after these two coming up, but. It's like, man, it, I mean, is that going to ruin everything? Is that going to ruin the entire composure of the team, the, the morale? Is that going to – I mean, are they – you know. So it's sort of – you're in you're in a really, really rough spot right now, and it feels like a trap to Auburn fans, and that's why they're the most frustrated, I think. Um, but, again, I do find positives in the defense. I, I find positives in some of the scheme, knowing that, hey, they can scheme guys open, they can get some of these plays to work. They could get some success in the run game. Hey, the defensive line actually did stand up and make some stops when they had to do it. I think those are all positives moving forward. It's not going to look good against Georgia. It's not going to look good against LSU. But who knows? I mean, you get some things like that going. You're not you're not asking for you know to build the Great Wall of China by doing those things. Those are kind of simple things. It and feels like it. yeah, uh, it feels like it right now, <laughs> and it's early. <laughs> so those are kind of simple things from a coaching standpoint. And and if you can get a few of those things to work, then you might find you a win against some of these back half schedules uh games. But you know, right now it just feels hopeless. And and we, you gotta ride through it a little bit right now. And we we pointed it out before the season. Hey, that stretch is gonna be it's gonna be bad, guys. It's gonna be bad. Uh if you just said, hey, Auburn's gonna lose by seventeen against AM before the season started. I'm sure fans would have gone, eh, I guess. I guess that's understandable with where we're at. But it's too hard to see past how ugly the actual game was.
1: Yeah, it was, it was brutal. I think fans had talked themselves into going and competing. I had – remember. I mean, remember last week on Monday, on the beginning of the week, we talked and I was like, ah, I don't feel good. I, it feels like yeah, it's going to blow I mean, I, I out. I should have just stuck with that feeling. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Then the week went on, and I thought, well, you know, by the by the time we did the podcast, I'm like, you know, I think there will be some opportunities for Auburn. And to be fair, there were some opportunities, but there were not many. I mean, outside of the Jay Fair, I mean, there weren't like there weren't a bunch of glaring opportunities for Auburn to make plays. There's a couple, but that was
0: well, it was a I, lot it, worse
1: than I than I thought.
0: Let me say this real quick because I just I got to get it in. Uh, so the. That was somewhat of an out-and-up with a switch route. the play that they ran with Jay Fair there that he missed. The very play before that was the little dump-off in, in, the, in the flats to Rivaldo Fairweather. They did the out-and-up with Jay Fair on that play, and he was waving his hand like this wide open. Peyton Thorne never looked at it. So I credit Philip Montgomery for going, hey, we had something right there. I'm going to do it the next play. Guess what? Wide open again. <laughs> makes it worse. I've got, got it scripted right here, man. Hey. It, it makes it, it worse try. because it was there. It,
1: it makes it worse because, you know, Peyton, it wasn't like, so that kind of makes it worse. Right. The, I mean, you know that they called the play and they went in the huddle and Jay was like, listen, I was there. So, like, Peyton's like, it's going to be there. It's not like a play, Peyton looked his head up and was like, oh, my God. He knew. He That means he knew where he was going. And he overthrew it,
0: right? Well, I don't know if Peyton knew because he his eyes were on Ravado Fairweather the whole time on that play. I, I well, mean, When they come over- back to the
1: huddle, I'm sure Jay was like, listen, I was. Oh, what's the play? We're running – I was the wide well, they, open dude. They he didn't to me. They don't huddle. Oh, they just ran into it. That's true. Yeah.
0: So – Yeah, that's true. The credit has to go to Philip Montgomery there. He saw it. He yeah. drew it up again, put it on the other side of the field. It worked. Just couldn't get it to- couldn't get it to go, man so I, I and you just in times like these, I like to find where credit needs to go and where blame needs to go, and I think that is the best way to work through something like this. That's just the way that I've always done it,
1: yeah, I do think I would say the only things that are overreactions is 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 criticizing philip montgomery's play calling i I don't know I mean I mentioned a couple of plays, but I am not gonna criticize um overall play calling or game plan I, I don't I'm not in the meetings and I'm not an offensive play caller those guys are playing chess there's a there's a reason they do stuff sure Philip Montgomery's done this for a long time Hugh Freeze has done this for a long time so I'm not going to jump to Philip Montgomery's is fastest prime and Freeze needs to take over play calling no, no 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 I'm not there on that I'm not there on that and I, I don't think anybody really unless you're a legit offensive college football mind and you go study the film okay then you You can watch that and go okay there's there's some there's some um conceptual problems here there's some There's some philosophical issues there's some things that are doing that you should not do as a play caller, but I don't know those things and so um people have talked about freeze and should he, should, is he should he get more involved or less involved and um, again, by the way, that goes back to talent, by the way. if you're going to tell me it's a talent gap, then don't also come tell me. I'm going to be more involved in play, in the in, in offensive meetings or play calling well okay so if, if 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 you're telling me that those are potential factors, those have nothing to do with talent again so if you're saying well we don't have talent and then you're also going but also free should take over play calling well then that means you have a problem with play calling that's not talent like either talent's the problem the only problem or there's a bunch of things and I think there's a congruent of things that that happened in 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 uh, in college station and i you know, Free said after it might have been after Cal. I think it was after Cal. Um, he came out and said I, I didn't have really an issue with play calling in the Cal game at all. Thought most of that stuff was good, good play calls. Um, he, he I think he came out and said that after that game. It's like I, I thought there was a lot of good play, a lot of plays that could have worked. I don't know what he'll say on Monday after this one. He'll probably say something similar. He'll probably, I mean, he'll probably, I, I think there probably were some plays that had opportunities. Um. A missed block here, keep your eyes downfield, or oh, you just locked on the wrong guy. Um, there probably were more opportunities than we think. Uh, I just don't like hearing the bigger picture stuff about identity and four games into the year when you're pulling your starter when things are going wrong. I mean, I just that, that's 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 my that's my biggest issue. I just I don't see how you're going to find your identity and find rhythm when you keep pulling Peyton Thorne. I, just, I, I don't. It's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. You got a guy struggling. It's just not. That, that's my probably my biggest issue. I, it, pick one and go with it. Pick an identity. Like you had a lot of time to figure out what this team's good at and what they're not good at. I mean, you should know. You're, you're with these guys every day. You watched film on the portal guys you brought in. Fairweather, Hooks. You know what they're good at.
0: Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I don't mean, know you're, you're right. You're a third of the way through the year, and next up is Georgia. So good luck with that. I mean, again, again, I, Georgia. What? Make up your mind. Pick a quarterback. Ride or die with something or somebody. And if you get beat thirty to three by Georgia, so be it. As long as you say, here's who we're going to be. Here's our guy, and we're going to commit to it right this second. And if that means getting your ass kicked against Georgia, okay. As long as that means you're making some kind of forward progress with understanding who your offense is, like consistently, and not going scattered around, rotate this guy and this guy. If you come out of Georgia and you keep losing games and you come out of this, if you come out of another loss going, well, you lost to Georgia, and you come out of that going, okay, you lost the game. And once again, your quarterback struggled. Once again, you played two quarterbacks and still don't know what we're good at. You're just wasting opportunities. You know, what did Nick Saban say? I hate to quote Nick Saban on this podcast, but what did he say after Texas? He goes, you never waste a failure. And that is a true thing. Game, life, whatever. And I feel like Auburn, I mean, we'll see. I won't say they've wasted it yet because they got a week to prepare and they they can get ready for Georgia. But you don't want to waste that opportunity of of yeah it went bad but try to figure something out. The only good thing is after Georgia you get a buy. I mean that, which to me is like wh- why you should have committed to something against A and but commit to something against Georgia, do it. Then you get a buy. You have another week. You have a week off. You have two weeks to prepare for LSU. This is when you got to go all in on something. And by LSU, it could look very different if you'll just commit to something or somebody. By the time you go into Baton Rouge, you you could have leading up to Georgia, leading up to you got three weeks of practice of committing to an identity and trying to figure something out and and being um, convicted
0: on something. Yeah, yeah, the identity thing is very important. Um, I guess it's the other annoying thing about it is that you know you go to the portal. And and there is the the thought there like it may be hard to get everybody together when you have all these new players and then you see another team in college football that's able to do it so it's it, that's what you know there's always an outlier um but you know I mean it it, it you, sometimes these ugly games happen and, and then another one comes out of nowhere and you're like how how is that possible that you got that from from that you know so yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not trying to overreact or anything. I, I think the game was, was as sloppy as it possibly could be. I think quarterback play was terrible. Um, but I do see some, some places where Auburn could, could improve on it and, and use like, I, I do believe that Auburn's going to be in most every single game on their schedule because the defense can hang in there. So if that's going on, you have to think at some point, there's a chance for the offense to get it together. At least there's more opportunities is what I'm trying to say. At least you didn't lose it to to Cal, right? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, Defense desperately needs to get through the next week. More, Just they're banged up. I mean, Donnelly down I don't know how many times. Um, Puckett banged his shoulder up. Man, that that defense needs – they need to get through Georgia, no worse for the wear, and then they need to get into that bye week and try to get – and try to get some guys healthy but yeah it's gonna be uh, it's gonna to be tough going against Georgia and then of course you know lSU in a couple weeks um, who's uh obviously really capable of 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 scoring so we'll see we'll see what uh what Hugh freeze has got to say this week um about this this Auburn team because um, you're looking at it now I mean Mississippi State, right? They pop back up off the mat. They will score 30 in Columbia. South Carolina's nothing special, but Mississippi State's—I mean, 30 in a conference game. Dude, I would, uh, I would to do that anytime. Soon. Vanderbilt, you better pay attention to what Vanderbilt's doing. They lost to Kentucky. Kentucky's really good, but Vanderbilt scored in every game they played. They put up points, and they and if not for turnovers, Vanderbilt's record could be even better. Could be better than it is. I'm just telling you. That offense, if Auburn goes and plays like that on offense, um, they won't win a conference game. They'll go to Nashville in in November when it's a little cooler and it's cold, and they'll go mess around and lose that game, or they'll come home against Mississippi State and they'll lose that game. Like that's how bad that offense performance is, and what you got ahead of you. So you you better figure it out against Georgia. Like you better do something and start to figure something out against Georgia and LSU. Because look, you're the underdog in those two games anyway. You got nothing to lose. You're yep. you're 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 damn near a three touchdown underdog at home against Georgia, and then you're going to go in LSU and you're going to be the same type of underdog. So, you know, throw caution to the wind, and if you got to take your lumps, take your lumps. It makes me think. I thought about this last night. It makes and about this whole when I'm thinking about pulling Peyton Thorne, 2013. I'm in Baton Rouge. I'm at Tiger Stadium when Auburn was down. I think 21 nothing at halftime. Um, I'm looking it up to make sure what that halftime score was. Let's see. Yeah, it's 21-0 LSU at halftime in Baton Rouge 2013. LSU ranked sixth in the country. It would have been, I think, pretty easy. Gus Malzahn's first year, Auburn is a handful of games into the season. Um, It would have been easy for Gus Malzahn to panic and go – I don't know about Nick Marshall. I'm not sure if what I'm trying to do here is working. I think he had thrown a pick in the first half of that game. Not good. But what did he do? He left him in. He ran his stuff. And he said, we're going we're to run it, and we're going to get better. They pop out the second half. They score 21 second-half points in Baton Rouge. They make that a game. They end up losing 35-21, but I think it was 28-21. Like, they – They they probably put up close to 300 yards in the second half. That second half in Baton Rouge changed the trajectory of that Mm -hmm. entire season. It's what led to Auburn being in the Rose Bowl. They figured something out in the second half of what Nick Marshall can do, what Trey Mason can do, how that offense can work. They figured it out in the middle of a game. It started to click, and they pummeled LSU running the football in the second half of that game. They were just down three touchdowns, and so they couldn't come back. But that changed everything about that season. And I feel like that's what – I feel like pulling Peyton Thorn in the third quarter in College Station, I feel like that is what – you miss that opportunity. You're down 20-3. to three, Commit to your stuff and do it. And you, you, don't, you don't know. Maybe in a drive or two it starts to click and it starts to work. And you find something that you can then build on for the rest of the year. It would have been easy for Malzahn to, to go, oh, boy. Putting Nick Marshall quarterback, maybe this maybe this experiment's not quite working, but it clicked in the middle of the game and it changed everything. And so I, I just thought about that last night, like when you pull a guy, when it's 23 you pull him, you, you, you forget it. You're, you're never you're never gonna have those aha moments. You're never gonna start to figure out your identity if you're like, whoop, just kidding, go to this guy. Whoop, just kidding, go to this guy. I mean, it's like it's like gambling, right? Like you gotta commit. If you go in there just do a little bit, I don't. You're never going to win, right? Like, you're going to always lose. Yeah. You've got to commit to it, and it'll click, and you can win big.
0: I think one thing we totally agree on is that it is not time for – I I just don't think one loss, even though the offense has been bad in another game, I don't think one loss against a team you were an underdog to in your first year in your fourth game as head coach at Auburn is time for a knee-jerk reaction to go ahead and make a quarterback change. I think Peyton Thorne should be the starter against Georgia. And I think probably against LSU, too. And I think you need to assess him very closely in those games. And it's not necessarily how many yards does he throw or what's his completion percentage. Does he calm down? Does he feel more comfortable? Does he act like, okay, we got that a one out of the way. I got some pressure off of me now. Let me chill out and play football. Run the offense. Get some things going. Finish drives. It's not time to pull him. That's, my, that's, that's what we agree on, I think, the most.
1: Yeah, I agree. And he's got another year of eligibility. Like, you've got to know this. Let him go through Georgia. Let him go through LSU. Take your lumps if that's what it takes. The, to me, the way you permanently pull Peyton Thorne is if the issue with the eyes downfield, if you're like, okay, if, it's almost like Yips is a golfer. Or, or, I don't know if people follow baseball. If you remember Rick Ankiel for the Cardinals years ago, all of a sudden Rick Ankiel like couldn't throw them. He was a pitcher, really good pitcher. And out of nowhere, he, he literally couldn't throw a strike. Like he had to he almost quit baseball. Like he could, he was man. It was unbelievable. I mean, it was like, it was a mental block. Unless you think that's what's going on, but you can't assess that to get two quarters into A&M. Play Georgia, play LSU. And if, if he's doing that, and you're going, okay. There's a mental block now. All of a sudden, now Peyton Thorne's literally just looking down, or he's not looking downfield at all. Like, I can't fix this. He, he needs, some, like, he needs a dramatic change. Then that's something I can understand making a pull, sure. um, and trying to do a sh- shift with. But two quarters in, um, can't can't happen. Um, Eugene Santé was great, nine <laughs> yeah. tackles. Um, I wrote that. I was like, well, I think. My prediction now is that he leads the team in tackles. He's double digits ahead of Kaufman and Larry Nixon, who are second and third on the team. Um, he's on Larry pace Nixon. for
0: Larry Nixon can play too.
1: He played well, right, dude? Dude, I, and I said on Twitter, man, and I know at this point everybody was kind of checked out, but him chasing uh, uh, um, him Martin chasing uh, Le'Veon Moss down,
0: oh, pretty yeah. freaking impressive. Yeah, Seventy
1: nine yards down the field.
0: And he plays good in the box. I think he's just a good box linebacker, and I hadn't seen one since Zacobi McClain. So happy to see that. That is encouraging.
1: Yeah. So uh, Asante's playing well on pace for over 100 tackles, would be the first player since Zacoby McClain in 2020 to go over 100 tackles. At this at this point, it would probably just be an injury that would keep Asante from doing it. Um because he's he's all over the place. And if he does that, I think he could definitely be a third-team linebacker, maybe even second-team SEC type player if he can.
0: Oh, he's he's definitely working his way toward a draft pick.
1: Yeah. Does and his Jim speed didn't. was nice, that fumble. I mean, his burst, when he got first probably 30, 40 yards, did, he was moving.
0: And then he almost got hawked by Max Johnson, but he didn't. Uh, that's yeah. the important thing here. <laughs>
1: Max Johnson's a good athlete and had the angle.
0: I almost um, got tripped by Jimbo Fisher.
1: Dude, what the heck? That was. Wild. I mean, Jim was probably, was probably already out there, but can you imagine what? I guess is that one of the. I guess it would have been a penalty. It probably would have been. It should a, have been a penalty tacked on to wherever Asante is tackled. But wow. how, how much? If you're Fisher at that point, why don't you just tackle him? How I mean, is that not, not a penalty? How?
0: How's that, huh? how? How that possible? Yeah, it should have been. He's and then, and the then Auburn could wave it off. I mean, that was more of a penalty than the two holding calls on, on Britton and Hunter. I mean, my That is amazing,
1: right? Like coach on the field, not, we had to run around him, not a penalty. Kirkus Hunter making a great block, quite subjective. At ah.
0: least he didn't try to tackle him. I'm just, I, I'm thankful for that. Dude, what would have been
1: great is <laughs> if, well, I don't want to say that. Because if Asante would have trucked him, Jimbo Fisher would be injured, would be actually hurt.
0: So you know, I, um, I I like the show, the series, Friday Night Lights. Um, but as it got, as it kept going on, I, I do love the show, but it got a little cheesy at times. And one of the reasons, is cause they had a coach on the field that tackled a guy in an episode. That's all I could think about <laughs> all standing there. I mean, stay on the sideline, dude. You never, that's, that's almost a, an analogy to what you're saying with pulling Peyton Thorne. Like, Hey, you never know what might happen.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, that would have been wild. Um, What's funny is that he was so far out. Asante ran between him and the sideline. He didn't. It's like he ran around him on the field. Chimbo was so far out that Asante was like, "Well, there's actually more room towards the sideline to run by you than yeah. on the field side." Um. Well, um, we'll see. We'll uh, we'll listen to what Hugh Freeze says on Monday. Um, and uh, and go for there as Auburn prepares for Georgia. Um, And we'll see We'll see what happens Make sure you're at AuburnLive.com uh, A lot of a lot of coverage From the game Obviously already up And more to come And we'll immediately Roll into Georgia week Georgia comes in As the number one team In the country 17 plus point Favorite Um And looks like They're sort of co- Settling into what They want to be Offensively And all that good stuff Of course defensively They're 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 always pretty good So sure. Massive Massive uh Test Ahead Um I didn't do game time again. Dadgummit. Um, <laughs> Zach, throw up this game time real quick. It is. Gametime.co. Go check them out. Hopefully, people are still tuning in. Um, I should have thrown them out there earlier. Uh, Gametime.co, tickets for games and concerts and events and comedy shows and all that good stuff. Last minute type stuff. That's what they're really good at. Last minute type tickets. Go check them out. Uh, use the uh, promo code war eagle and you get 20% off your first purchase gametime.co. Um, awesome place to go get tickets. And then of course, our main sponsor session cocktail. Go check them out downtown Auburn on Magnolia Avenue session cocktail. Go have a, go have a drink. I'll probably be there at some point this week. I'm sure. Um, so if you're, if anybody listens and you live in Auburn or you're ever in Auburn and you end up there, tell them that you heard about um, them through Auburn Live. That would just be awesome. Um, and maybe you'll see me there. Come say hey. All right, let's roll. AuburnLive.com. Make sure you're there. $1 for uh, for a month. We're actually about to start running a promo. I guess I can say it here. What is it? Um,
0: yeah, it's 50% off of annual. Uh, still $1 for one month, too. There you
1: go. <clears throat> and only for this week, I think. I think it's like a big game special. 50% off for an annual subscription just for this week um, before the Georgia game. I don't know if people are jacked about it right well, now. Say know, what, but do the it.
0: game may not be great, but uh the recruits will be there. Don't there you go.
1: There you go. I'm just gonna do my best to cover the team and try to infuse <laughs> a little bit of optimism if I can, if it's there. Let's yeah. it's a good week maybe to focus on uh recruiting in the future. <laughs> like might be a good week to, to shift focus towards recruiting and be uh because, yeah, it should be a big one. It should be a great atmosphere and a big one and all that good stuff. Yep. All right, let's roll. For Cole, I'm Justin. We appreciate you guys, and we will see you next time. Bye.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Ah, in my dentist's office.